I'm Anna, and welcome to Just For The Health Of It, a podcast that works to break down and discuss relevant health issues affecting college students. A shocking 91% of students felt a tremendous amount of stress within the last 12 months. High stress can actually have prolonged effects on the mind and body, including higher rates of depression and anxiety. Higher stress levels can also lead to poor academic achievement, strain on relationships, and increased substance use. Today, I, along with Hannah and Grace, will discuss how exercise can be utilized to combat college students' poor mental health. Hey guys, it's Hannah. As young adults, we all know that stress and anxiety levels are high, especially in a college community. Now, none of us want to live under high stress all the time, but that's turned into kind of the cultural norm for college students. So what can we do about it? Well, the answer might surprise you. It's exercise. I know, I know. No one wants to add the physical strain on top of our assignments, exams, and all the other college college student things, but hear us out. Exercise has great positive effects for your brain's neurochemical pathways by reducing the body's stress hormones, cortisol and adrenaline. These hormones allow the body to be alert and ready to react to dangers, but can have harmful effects if they are in elevated elevated levels long-term. Additionally, exercise allows the release of endorphins, which are the body's natural painkillers and mood elevators. However, a large amount of Americans remain sedentary still. Participating in physical activity for even 30 minutes has been shown to improve brain function, memory, sleep, and can even reduce the risk for stress, depression, and anxiety. Exercise can reduce physical manifestations of physical stress such as tense muscles, fidgeting, headaches, back pains, and neck pains. This is part of the mind-body connection. It can also prevent other illnesses and, in turn, prevent future stress. Studies show that 24.2% of college-age students do not participate in any form of moderate physical activity, and only 56.7% of college students participate in one to four days of physical activity a week. And out of that, only 30% participate in vigorous activity on a weekly basis. These stats are not necessarily surprising, but are for sure alarming. Hey everyone, this is Grace. Us as college students have experienced this mind-body connection firsthand. For example, during the summer, I was working part-time, taking two courses, studying for the MCAT, and completing my medical school applications during a global pandemic. Namely, it was a stressful season of my life and as a young adult. I had a gym membership, but the lack of social support made it a real chore to go. I was having difficulty coping with stress, and it affected my sleep, my eating, and my overall well-being. In September, I decided I needed a change and became and began an eight-week challenge where I would have a coach, accountability system, and I'd have to track my food. My sister was doing it too, which further helped me with my accountability. Doing three to five hit sessions weekly was really challenging at first, but it became part of my daily schedule after just three weeks. I slowly felt myself getting stronger and building more endurance. However, the best effects were how it helped me mentally. The discipline over my schedule helped me feel more control in the middle of a pandemic, and that helped me tremendously in my courses and with my applications. Being accountable to another person was really crucial to my success, so I'm thankful for my sister to be there for me. I finished the eight-week challenge last week, and I continue to go almost every day, and I even went this morning. If you don't want to hear it from us, let's hear from some experts about a man who used exercise to help improve his mental health status. The man featured in the clip we're about to play, Francisco, underwent surgery and then developed depression in the weeks and months following, which he described as a dark gray cloud hanging over his head, which made even the smallest task really difficult. 
Let's listen in to a doctor explain how he worked to improve his mental health via exercise. Every day. Dr. Jane Erb is director of the Depression Center at Boston's Brigham and Women's Hospital. She says researchers are learning more about the power of exercise in treating depression, a therapy that, in some cases, can even take the place of antidepressant drugs. It's really just been over the last couple decades that there's been more focused, um, sort of clinically um, validated trials that have established that there truly are appreciable effects that go well beyond placebo. So how exactly does exercise improve symptoms of depression? It's well known that exercise causes the release of chemicals in the brain, which bring about feelings of euphoria, the so-called runner's high. But there may be other physiological things going on as well. A recent study published in the journal Cell found that mice specially bred to contain high levels of a chemical released during exercise seemed resistant to depression brought about by stress. So how much exercise do you need to fight depression? Well, one study found that three to five sessions of aerobic activity each week may be enough. Aerobic activity can mean walking or running or swimming. It can also mean gardening or actively cleaning the house. The important thing, Dr. Herb says, even for those with major depression, is to try and keep moving. Because anything one can do to try to counter the forces of the depression when the depression's just getting bigger and particularly if medications aren't working, um, the more it can help to kind of keep brains on that vicious circle. Francisco Galeano says, no question about it. When you're depressed, taking those first steps can be difficult. But the payoff for him has been huge. So, that clip definitely shows a very extreme form of exercise improving mental health. Exercise is not a cure for depression by any means, but there are clear and direct benefits of it shown to tackle stress and anxiety. As John says in this video, there's a certain threshold that has to be met for these effects to potentially take place. More specifically, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services recommends that adults practice at least 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity activity, or 75 minutes per week of vigorous intensity aerobic activity. Wow, Anna, that sounds like a lot. Well, while this may seem daunting at first, making and maintaining a lifestyle change takes time and patience. It is often a process of multiple levels of progress that can be modeled through the stages of change model. Oh, I've heard about the stages of change model in some of my classes, and that can totally apply to someone's fitness journey. For our listeners, how does that work? Yeah, so people starting out are in the pre-contemplation phase, um, which means they've yet to even consider a lifestyle change and they see no real need for doing so. Raising awareness about these issues is the primary link to promoting action. This can be done through methods of education, such as this podcast. Next, those that are in the contemplation phase see the possibility of change, but they are uncertain about how to begin or how effective they will be once they do begin. Role models in someone's life can help them to gain a sense of self-efficacy and also help them to feel as though their work will have intended results on both physical and mental health. I've totally experienced that before. My sister started the challenge before I did, and she was the one who convinced me to do it. She's been a real role model for me, and I really love working out with her. So what's the next stage? The next stage is called preparation, and that begins when a person begins to make plans for change, and they also identify appropriate change strategies. This can take the form of an action plan that lays out different levels of activity for each day of the week and also sets incremental goals. 
This all ultimately leads up to action, which is when a person takes real steps towards making change and implementing this plan. And then lastly, there's maintenance, which is the continuation of this action for at least six months, which is generally the point that these actions start to become part of a lifestyle. This is ultimately the goal in any change process and is especially true in the case of implementing a regular form of exercise into somebody's daily life. It's easy to, to get into the mindset that physical activity has to take the form of hours of strenuous exercise at a costly gym. However, college students can find other enjoyable forms of active movement that they can incorporate into their daily and weekly routines. Some of these can include walking around their neighborhood for three miles per hour or faster, going hiking at a nearby state park, walking around the college campus nearby, or joining a casual running group. You can also try group exercise classes because they often offer the first class for free. Personally, I have attended the, an exercise class at my boutique cycle bar in my college town, which was super fun with upbeat music, getting my heart rate up, and even make me sweat like crazy. I also enjoy running around the intramural fields and lake area at my college campus. I also really enjoy running and walking with some of my friends. Um, one of them is named Quinn, and she also enjoys doing Chloe Ting workouts on YouTube while at home. Chloe Ting, among many others, is a YouTuber who uploads intense workouts online that you can easily complete at home. All you need is a yoga mat. This is super convenient, especially now in the middle of a pandemic when people are trying to stay at home as much as possible. Those are all great options. Another one of our friends, Brenna, tries to interweave physical activity into her daily schedule. If she has time between her classes, she would walk across campus from one to another rather than taking the campus bus. She walks almost a mile and a half just by skipping the bus in her daily routine. As students, we want to make our best efforts to incorporate physical activity into our lives. It's important to prioritize our health, especially our mental health, which is often so neglected due to lack of time or motivation. In doing so, not only will our mental health improve by reducing stress and depression by implementing activities such as exercise, but our academic performance can also improve as a result. There are so many benefits to maintaining a regular exercise routine that can have both short-term and long-term impacts on mental and physical health. So, get moving to become a better and more productive you. And on that note, that's all the time we have for today. This has been Anna, Hannah, and Grace with Just for the Health of It. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Ingalls Health and Fitness, for making this podcast possible.